You know what that sound means. Welcome to the most interesting part of your day. An exciting episode of the Metaphysical Mysteries with your intrepid hosts, Dr. Terry Trubla and Tom Greenhall. Always finding the seekers in this world and reporting it directly to you, the free and the brave. We encourage all of our fans to check out our website at www.themetaphysicalmysteries.com where we have more content and reference items, links to many of our amazing and cutting-edge guests. We are excited to have you with us again. And as you know, this is the must-do podcast for anybody who is anybody in the metaphysical field. We cover everything from ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, amazing healing sciences, and leading technologies that are simply the coolest. We'll bring in researchers, doctors, and authors, and give you content that you cannot get anywhere else. Check out our latest merchandise and proudly wear and use the Metaphysical Mysteries clothing and accessories. Now, on with our next episode. Hello, folks. Hey, this is Dr. Terry and Tom, and we're here with another exciting episode of the metaphysical mysteries the most interesting part of your day and we have with us an actual nasa rocket science scientist and you know tom and i always make fun of rocket scientists that <laughs> we we run into a lot of them in law enforcement not um so but we actually have a real one here she is a spiritual alchemist she's an author and actually works for nasa as a rocket scientist and um I really think that, you know, we're going to talk about some quantum things and, you know, the whole idea uh, of science and where it's taken us in this more spiritual, mystical field. So, welcome. Thank you, Dr. Terry and Tom, for giving me this opportunity to be part of your um, movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. So, tell us what brought you to, uh, to well, I guess, to NASA to start with. And then we kind of go into your spiritual side. Okay, so you're saying what got me to be involved with NASA at this? Yeah. So, so it's it's a pretty long journey I had to take. But in my case, I was born and raised in Karachi, Pakistan, with a very patriarchal culture, with the mindset of not even going to school, uh, let alone becoming anything useful. And uh, as much as uh, resistance was given to me, of course, being rebellious, I was able to go against the flow and became a valedictorian. I had an arranged marriage, which is how I came to America, Los Angeles, with the man whom I only spoke for one hour. And when I came here, I had to learn to speak English to survive the marriage and the life that was waiting for me. And also went to UCRY to get my electrical engineering degree. And then from there on, I have been working on all the projects that are kind of unique in terms of uh, something innovative. So started with Inmarsat satellite phone and then International Space Station when it was in its prime. And then um, even um, basically went to military and did the you know, missile like GMD, a ground-based mid-course defense. I went to space launch system, the rocket we launched uh, recently, a year ago. And um, right now, uh, basically that led me to NASA six years ago and uh, worked on Falcon 9 rocket with uh, Elon Musk. And now working on Starship, uh, for us to stay to the dark side of the moon for one week. That's totally <laughs> unimpressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
that's fantastic. It's fantastic. Uh, Tommy, that's uh, along your line too. You get a degree in electrical engineering, right? Yeah, uh, I do. Uh, electrical engineering and computer science. And then I worked on the Patriot missile system for a few years before I said I was going to go join public safety. <laughs> so you you know the lingo. Yeah, yeah. I think it helps when you work on the commercial and then your work on a you know classified project. And it just gives you just, uh, you know, to me, it's all about adding more layers, right? Because we are here to learn and grow. Well, that's for sure. It definitely gave me an education into a lot <laughs> of things in the world. Like you said, once you get those clearances, the things that you learn are kind of eye-opening. I'll leave it at that, I guess. Maybe that's the best way to say it. Yes. Yes. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Well, okay. So what's a nice rocket scientist like you doing in the spiritual world that inhabits the metaphysical mysteries? What do you, what the heck are you doing with that? I know it's partly because actually I, I am so grateful for being aware of my spiritual existence, like from the young age, because that's the only reason I've come this far, by the way, because I never looked at myself as that this is it. Because if I would have accepted that right now, my fate would have been, I would have been married to a Pakistani Muslim man. I would have been in the kitchen, uh, really good in cooking, I guess. And I would be one of the one who would be part of the gathering and, you know, creating that type of life. And I can still do that. But to me, that's a very small scope uh, for a human potential. And I think that I was aware of being a genie in the bottle feeling, you know, and part of me knew that there is no limit unless I say so. So that quest took me to many mystery schools. I even went to modern mystery school, which is uh, associated with Dalai Lama. And I have taught. Let me, let me call you (laughs) out for a second for my listeners. Okay. Mystery schools. Now I'm going to go down this rabbit hole a little bit. Back in the ancient times, uh, Elijah, you know, from a biblical perspective, for those that are from the Judeo-Christian background, started mystery schools. And in, in, in the Hindu and in that culture and, and some Buddhism and so forth in the Eastern cultures, mystery schools were a fairly common thing. And so tell us what a mystery school was and is currently and why people go there. Right. And it's interesting we use the word mystery, right? And, and mystery, of course, is is a good way to get you to be inquisitive about something but the fact that the mystical teaching has not been part of our uh, you know normal uh, day-to-day life is partly because that's where you get to know about your human potential so to me all of these teachings that uh, comes from you know like when you go if you go in the history right you go into egypt or you go into you know um Sumerian culture, right? Or you go, you can keep going down that rabbit hole and Mesopotamia and Babylon, and all of that is interconnected. And the funny thing is that being an engineer, and I'm sure all of you guys agree with me, we're very much into sci-fi and the sci-fi actually kind of touches on the mystery school teaching. And and the fact that we don't realize that how much that is part of who we truly are, it's part of our DNA. And we have not been openly, uh, what's the word? Um, kind of like we have not been openly suggested to embrace these teachings. So that's why we have to use the word mystery. And, you know, it's almost like a hush hush. And there are times some religion actually goes against it. Like they actually like deliberately tell you not to, you know, dab, dabble, in, dabble into it. Right. And for me, like, as you can see that I was told not to go to school. So I became a vegetarian. So I was told because I was born and raised as a very devout Muslim, you know, person. And even though Islam has a lot of good teachings, but they were not able to answer my question. So I had to go into mystical 
you know, ancient, wherever the heck I could go. And it all started, by the way, with metaphysics uh, 101 class that I took in Huntsville, Alabama. In my quest to understand what metaphysics is, I took every single class they could offer. And then I ended up teaching Kabbalah because that's where rubber meets the road, you know, because all the teaching converges on that. I'm going to point that out for our listeners. So we're going to break this down a little bit, but Kabbalah, <laughs> okay, or Kabbalah, depending on how you want to pronounce it, that's Jewish. I mean, the, the, the tree of life is what they're talking about and the, and the ancient mysteries to uncover that. And so for the listeners, some of these words don't mean anything. I want to stop and kind of give you a chance to, you can look into it, you can look it up on, you know, your internet and get a basic sense about what it is and there's pictures of the tree of life and so forth but there is volumes of data and some people spend a lifetime trying to understand that in a mystical way so that's what she's talking about folks for those of you who are not rocket scientists uh we're gonna go <laughs> slow and easy here and um and so so if you're sitting in a mystery school is this something that you have to sit through and and it's it's given to you electronically or do you actually have you know, people sitting there explaining the mystery schools like they did in the ancient times, it was word of mouth and practice. So what do they do in a modern mystery school? So in the modern mystery school, and I was part of it for a short time because I saw that there was a, you know, there's always a little bit of a, what's the word? Like everybody has their own agenda, right? And when you start noticing that whether you really align with it or not, and in my case, I was not aligning with it. So I had to exit. Uh, but in the modern mystery school, they had a very, I mean, I think it's one of the best school for a lot of people because they kind of uh, do this where it becomes part of community. Like if you're part of modern mystery school, like you have a support system, everybody, uh, they're all over the world because it is actually led by a founder who lives in Japan. And it's a very international school and they do give you tools to learn and grow. And the only thing is for me, because I'd already done so much work, by the time I got there, I wanted to be a teacher there. And they have a very strict guideline for you to become a teacher. You have to go through like, like you know, a certain number of years and many, many levels and spend tons and tons of money to be able to do something. And for me, it just didn't work. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to create a whole different reality because I know I'm already ready and I don't have time to follow the bureaucracy that they had. So that was my reasoning, right? Everybody doesn't have that type of quest. Uh, but what I also want to say is that, you know, our DNA has the information, right? So when you when you take any action towards your curiosity to want to absorb information, whether you go all the way to Japan or whether you go somewhere in your community uh, meetings or take classes with uh, Dr. Terry or anyone who offers or even myself, you are telling the universe you're ready. So when you do that, you end up receiving information while you're washing dishes. Absolutely correct. Yeah, you're you're hundred <laughs> percent right, and and that goes to us all being linked together. Kind of the quantum view of things, and um, you want to explain from your perspective what the quantum universe is and how we're all interconnected. You want to you want to talk about that? Yeah. So you know. The word quantum, I can actually relate that word with quantity, right? So quantity is amount of any, any amount of anything. And of course, quantum refers to an, a very minuscule amount because that's the amount, which is kind of what you need to make any change in your life. And 
you know, for us as a, as a, in a state of being, we are never going to stay still because we are a dynamic uh, creation, right? Because of that, we always want to mess things up, right? We are not going to ever be in the same space and time, even though we claim to be because we're a moving electron, which is what I say is like, if you really go, and even in the school, they teach you, right? When you learn biology, you understand that you're made of cell and molecules. And when you learn chemistry, you understand that you have this chemical interaction occurring in you. When you understand physics, you know, it's all electron moving around the orbit. And when you understand math, it's all about exactly what space and time they occupy. So when you start converging these concepts, you know that you're a dynamic being who's always looking to change. That change that you're looking for is the quantum amount of energy that you're going to put in your new reality. And, and to me, when you become conscious of the fact that you are the one your action is bringing every single thing to you or away from you, right? So that to me is, is the dance we're all playing. And the, and the quicker we can understand this cause and effect, we're not going to be blaming the whole world for all our problems because we are the world and we are the problems and we are the solutions. Absolutely. Tom, you want to break any of that down from your perspective? <laughs> Man, I can picture just people listening to this right now going, what was that just now? <laughs> But it's true. Um, you know, it's funny because having the similar kind of background, I've been telling people for years that you're nothing more than electricity, essentially. And if you understand math and you understand frequency, you have a pretty good handle on where we're at and what we are. You know, it's just trying to take those complex structures and bring them down to something that makes sense to the average person, right? Myself included. You know, when I was studying this stuff, I'm like, okay, this is really good, but how do I make this in English? So that's kind of way I take it. So and, and, exactly right. Yeah. And if I can help, let me know. I mean, you can ask me maybe simple question, you know, and my whole thing is that it would be so it's ironic that everybody, majority of the people who are listening here, right. They probably have gone to school to some level. They have accomplished some sort of education. They have done the basic biology, math, physics. The biggest challenge we have is the interconnection that Dr. Terry brought up is that if we truly start seeing that how every single thing is as above, so below, every single thing is connected, whether it's a thing, whether it's a phenomena, it's just a matter of perception. Then we can all truly look at the world differently and the world will be different because of quantum physics. And not only the world, but beyond the world. That is true. The entire makeup of the universe or universes, multiverse, if you will, and different dimensions and so forth. So I think there's so much to swallow here. <laughs> um, and I want to say, if you were to, you know, try to put it in a, a little package for somebody, um, and, I, and I really guess I should, I should go to what people would think of as quantum entanglement. Um, where the, the interconnection, and I, and I, I talk to people about this quite a bit, and, and I try to make it as simple as possible, because when I teach, you know, I want to make it as simple as possible, and then start building from there, like anything else, you know, and, and I go back to the old, um, it's fairly old now, experiment, where they used to take a piece of tissue in New York, and stimulate it with electricity, and the same, another piece of that same tissue was out in LA, and it starts wiggling at the same time that the one in New York is, and, and not at speed of light, but faster at the speed of thought, you know, and if, so that's entangled quantum entanglement, tiny parts that are all entangled with each other. And so we are, in fact, all entangled. And even Jesus would say we're all one. Okay, that is true. 
but they would say it in a way that um, sheep herders would understand, you see. And so as it advances now with science, for those that are attuned to that or willing to look at that, you can get into the deep shrubbery with that. You know, the deep bushes can go down the rabbit hole and say, okay, we're all one. How does that actually work? And that's kind of what you're talking about, correct? Exactly. And I can explain it. Like if you really look at the electron orbiting the shell, right? And mm -hmm. that's what we all are as a conglomeration of that motion. Every single thing is continuously moving, which is why, and we are interacting with the field, right? It's not like there's a space between us. It's actually a field between us, right? And then the whole a vacuum, right? Which is a very misleading word that doesn't help people when they think it's vacuum. No, it's not. It's a field between us that we are not able to see only because of our limited spectrum of um, vision. Our visible spectrum is like so small, right? In a big scheme of life. So if we understand that we don't see it, but we are connected. So the fact that three of us are right now quantum entangled, even though we have never met in person, but we are creating this triangle, right? To show up for each other and for the world. And, and we are creating a whole different, um, you know, because it's a vesica Pisces uh, double times, right? So we're creating that in, in, our, in our conversions. But, but to, keep, to keep it simple with the quantum entanglement, you know, people who believe like we all came, you know, hydrogen is the first element in the periodic table, right? We were, let's say at one point, Big Bang happened. In that Big Bang explosion, we are all one, like you said. So we all have already been together and then we got separated. So on a very larger spectrum, every human being is quantum entangled with each other. It gets more exciting when you have an emotional tie with someone or when you have a relationship with someone or when you have spent time with each other and then you've separated because then you have more information to base your entanglement on. You see my point? So that's why with some people, you know, you're going to have that connection. And I can tell you, like any mother who is listening, who has breastfed their baby, they can say that like, you know, you can be anywhere. And if you're working and if your baby is hungry, it's like your breast starts spitting out milk. I mean, it's quantum entanglement in a very um, general way. Sure. Absolutely. And so as a spiritual alchemist, how does this play into your practice there? How does it play in my practice? Yeah. So as a spiritual alchemist, the fact that I always knew that I am a soul encompassed in this body, like the body is just a vehicle for me. And I work on space vehicle, right? It's all spacecraft. It's all rocket. So it actually got me more in touch with my ascension self, right? Because we all want to ascend to whatever level we can every single day. And the very fact that like uh, Tom just said, right, that we're electrical being. So that light body activation that I actually teach and I practice every day is kind of that reminder to me, right? That I am a spirit in this body kind of keeps me away from getting so attached to the drama of daily lives, right? Like to that, to the, like any, anything happens. Like, like yesterday we had a very big storm and people lost a lot of things and we lost power for six hours. And uh, so it was kind of like, you know, to me, it was kind of exciting. And I was like thinking that, wow, you know, there is all this. And I was just as an engineer thinking that, okay, I just need to make sure I can charge my cell phone. And, and that's all I need. Everything else I can manage. The weather is okay. So so that to me is what I think that if we can be aware of our spirit self, we are no longer going to let other people kind of 
you know, um, take over the control of our emotions easily. Right. Tom? Yeah. So what do you think about the theory? They talk about all possibilities exist and it only becomes reality when you focus on it and you get the collapse of the potential. Um, can you explain that to people a little bit from your perspective? Yes, I 100% agree on it. And, you know, the reason with the possibility uh, be, being not like, because the possibility has to be building on something else, right? Because everything builds on top of each other, right? So that's the reason your belief on what that possibility is derives the results, right? So like mm -hmm. if I'm sitting here and I would want to say something that requires, that's a little bit far-fetched for me. Like if I say, that's well, I want to be president of America, right? Now that is a little far-fetched for me because I'm not even born here. And I know the rules about of becoming a American president. So that's not going to be like, because I'm already questioning it for myself, it's going to become harder and harder for me to converge with that reality. So therefore it's important that you are aware of your beliefs, what you really think of yourself. And then, yes, I mean, to me, uh, sky has no limit. And someone like me, who did not speak English, who did not uh, give, was not given an easy path to school, if I can work for NASA and work on the most state-of-the-art project like Artemis, where we're going to the dark side of the moon, and even write a book in English, that was my fifth language, which is right here. Wow. If I can do that, then I think that anyone can. And that's why we are talking here, because we want to inspire people. Have you explored this at all with um, people's psychology and belief systems? Because when I do clinical work with folks using the model of the quantum world, I've always said you can make any change you want in the drop of a dime if you truly want it and feel it. And a lot of people don't believe that. I always have and said, you know, don't put the barriers in your way. What do you think? Yeah, and I 100% agree with you. And I think that I have never been like in a, uh, like, you know, especially with the, um, whatever the uh, methodologies for you to become a person who can help other people like you're helping me, helping other people. I have never been given the opportunity on a massive scale to do that. And I probably would love to take that as a challenge because, you know, it sounds pretty fun. Uh, to me, like whenever I notice, whenever I talk to people or I have talked to therapists myself for my personal help, I've always noticed that like there is just like, just like the way the school system is like, it's almost like the way everybody's trained is kind of like to never exit the pattern. It's almost like, just like, uh, just like everything else is, it's like to keep you in the cage, right? So when that's the mindset, like you really have to kind of like, you know, electron needs a lot of energy to move from one shell to another. And the way the world is right now, it's kind of like they don't want people to become aware and do the right thing to exit the pattern. And I think that's why we need to create a new training program to do exactly that. So for the folks listening, the movie, The Matrix, you got to break out of that, is what you're saying. You can't be hooked up and just going along. You have to break out of that. Yes, not only gotta, that, you have you to become think... Neo, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then the fact is that because it's not like it's as, like Neo was given like, you know, a choice to take a red and blue pill, Yep. And uh, but we we are constantly being given that choice, but ours is not that obvious in the world we live in, right? So you're gonna have to use the discernment to say, does it feel really right in my heart? And that discernment, that choice that you're making with yes and no, is actually how you're gonna create the waveform that will create the quantum collapse that of your, your own choosing of your reality, because everything is binary, which is why the matrix 
showing the zero one scrolling down, up and down. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, a lot of folks think about this. It, let me go back to the 12 major religions of the world for a second. And, you know, they give you a basics, you know, it's almost like riding a tricycle, you know, you're going to, it gets to that point. And then if you want to get to riding a bicycle, you want to advance beyond third grade, you know, using it as an example, you really kind of got to take the bull by the horns and do it yourself. And you got to really start to study and you got to reflect on things, no matter which of the 12 major religions you grew up with um, and were socially conditioned by. They all have their own value for you. But eventually you get to the point where you understand that this is all an illusion and you're living within the illusion or hologram. Uh, as you know, quantum physicists have said, this is a hologram and mm -hmm. we're walking through a hologram for an experience since we are the creators little sparks of God, if you will, we came into this hologram for a purpose. And I believe that all of our ancestors and assistants, angels, they're on the outside of the hologram looking in at watching us and doing our doing the best to assist us to, for us to have a good experience. And so it's almost like going on the holodeck on the Starship Enterprise, and you're going to have a really realistic experience, but there are things on the outside that have some control mechanisms so you don't get too far off and you don't end up dead uh, when you're not supposed to be. So I don't know if you want to comment on that whole illusion concept and, you know, the holographic uh, science behind it. Yeah, I mean, I can comment on all of that and it completely connects with what Tom was saying is infinite possibilities. So it's like you're going to holodeck and you have all these channels you can dial in. You can decide what timeline to choose, what clothing to wear, whom to interact, what the mission needs to be. We truly have that. And the thing is that we're continuously doing that to ourselves. The only reason we are so unaware sometimes is because our subconscious runs the show most of the time. And our conscious is very much like tip of the iceberg, right? It's very uh, small percentage is less than 10% that's conscious. So the illusion part that you're mentioning, uh, <clears throat> Dr. Terry, I would have to say that that's actually proven by the CIA because, you know, I saw the declassified CIA paper. And the very fact that our eyes, you know, if you really look at the make, working of our eyes, it inverts the image, right? Our brain and everything, our hippocampus, all of that kind of decides like how we perceive information. Because if you think about it, anytime when you see information, you truly have all these data processing going on within your brain to decide based on your memory, based on your track record, that whether you should feel good, bad, whether this is an apple or orange, so all that processing that we have been teaching ourselves since we were babies has kind of compounded to for you to experience what you're experiencing. And, and the very fact that, you know, we talk about when people are talking to each other, even when we are talking, we don't see the lag because of the processing speed we have. But there is actually a lag in our conversation, too. Sure. So when you really think about all of that, at the end of the day, it's almost like you are in your movie with so many people that you believe to be 100% real. And at the end of the day, the only thing that's really, really real is you, your emotion, and what you're projecting and what you're experiencing. And we don't want to get anybody psychotic <laughs> by thinking about all this too hard. I still say you can open a, a can of Coors Light and um, reflect on it gently. But... <laughs> 
<laughs> it does get pretty deep pretty quick. And, and for the really advanced folks that are listening, they're staying with us. For the folks that are like, now what the hell? Let's go over that again. You know, let's see what's really happening. So how does this Joe six packs at the end of the bar <laughs> in the neighborhood? And how does this affect me? You know, that's the that's the question. Why do I need to know this? Okay, so I will actually, <clears throat> I'll explain actually this thing, because I was talking to my friend yesterday, and she was one of those people who got the training to help people in crisis, you know, where it's parents helping parents. So she was just telling me that in her training, they were given like certain questions that they would ask when people call and they say, like, if the mother calls frantically saying that I I have this newborn baby that I don't know what to do with. And I, part of me just wants to throw the baby away because I'm, I'm like, I'm just, I don't know what to do. And in, in those circumstances, right, your goal is to make sure you do a damage control before they do something really wrong that they would regret, right? So she was telling me all the questions that they were suggested because they were trained to do that. And the very first question was that, um, uh, you know, what, what, did, what have you done under the same circumstances and do that? Like, so they were trying to tell them to just do whatever they did before to get out of that extreme feeling of doing something really bad or wrong. And then the second and third questions were not, According to me, they were not good for somebody who needs to exit the pattern because she also said these people would keep calling on a regular basis with the exact same problem, which tells me that whatever method they have created is not really working. So the reason people need to know this conversation we're having and how it can benefit them is that at the end of the day, if they start noticing that their life sucks, let's say, which all of our life sucks at some point, then the thing that we need to look at is that what am I doing to either make it better or make it worse? Because that is the step you're continuously dancing with that binary, right? Yes, no, yes, no, matrix, discernment. So the choice that they're making, or even if they're not making, has a consequences to it. Because Newton's third law of motion, right? Cause and effect. So if there's one thing that everybody can at least do is that when we use the example of holodeck, which seems like holy shit, but technically, just like in the holodeck, you're deciding what to do with your life uh, through the experience. It's the same concept in your real life. Like every time when you do anything, if you go for a coffee with a friend that you like and love, then you are saying, I want to enjoy life. If you go um, on a bingo night that you don't care for, then you are basically saying that I'm doing it even though I don't like to, you see? So you have to ask yourself because you're the only one who knows what you really like and what you really don't. Right. Well, you know, we're all socially conditioned as little kids. That first seven years, particularly, um, man, you're, you're almost, there's like a, a program that you're programmed to run uh, based on, the totality of your living experience, your parents, your grandparents, I call them demigods, uh, mom, dad, preachers, teachers, aunts, uncles, anybody in apparent authority over you, the little you. And so you absorb all this stuff. And since you just came from the other side where everything is love and everything's true, you believe all this stuff. And so by the time you're about 30, you have all these truths, half truths and falsehoods that are in your file, in your brain. And so when something comes into your awareness, it gets sorted through all those 
files, true, half true, mm -hmm. and uh, complete falsehoods. And that becomes your, you know, basic awareness of life for you, you know, your concepts, what, what's going on. And I really believe that people run on those programs without realizing that they are. And so we oftentimes tell them, you know, to be aware in the moment of what's actually going on. Now that's a lot easier said than done. So you actually have to stop people and go, wait a minute, why are you saying this? Well, that's just the way it is. No, why are you saying this? Or why are you believing this? And you were programmed to believe certain things. That's how civilization is, is brought up. And so I've often said that the greatest of gifts, because people have gifts, you know, or psychic or mediums or healers or whatever they get gifts and Bible list gifts, you know, all the, all the sacred books lift, list gifts that people can have. But discernment, you've said that word several times. I've always said discernment is the greatest of gifts. It gives you a sense of being able to look beyond what's right in front of you to discern, is this good? Is this bad? Is this right? Is this wrong? Am I in the moment right now? And am I okay right at this moment? You know, because anxiety, you know, is those things that are, you know, future fear, you know, and stressors from the past fears, and that sort of thing. But am I okay right at this moment? And time is an illusion as well. And so you can really get in the weeds with all of this. And really, I, that's why I take it in little bits for people and where they can bite it off. You know, how do you eat an elephant, right? One bite at a time. So for the listener, I'm going to tell you that I think we're going to recommend some books here in a little bit on how to get started on some of this stuff, this, some of these journeys to understand. And, you know, we've been doing life after life after life. So we keep coming back for more and more experiences. And each one's kind of pre-programmed with, you know, you kind of, the theory is you pick your parents, you pick your grandparents, all this stuff. You pick your genetics, your DNA, what you're going to be, male, female, whatever race you're going to be this particular round. And I really think that just a side note, if everybody knew they had been male, female, black, white, red, brown, yellow, we would all probably treat each other a whole lot better worldwide if they actually understood that. You know what and, I mean? Right. And, and the very fact is that we are one because we all are, you know, hydrogen element, big bang theory. So from that perspective also, it's like, you know, we have basically a projection of whatever we call God or source light or primal creation, so many names. Right. But at mm -hmm. the end of the day, yeah, we are all interconnected because that is, just the fact, right? So the fact that when we are fighting, when one piece is fighting with the other one, it's almost like one a child is fighting with the other child. It's almost like, like why waste your energy in that, right? Why not we work together and then, then interact with other species that are not human because they also have similar polarity going on, right? And duality going on where they are and it's all because of the decisions that we make every day. But I wanted to make sure that people who are listening, if they are wondering what can they do, one thing that they we all have to own up to is our feelings, because that's the only one thing that nobody can feel. I can't feel for Tom and, you know, Dr. Jai, you can't feel for me. We are feeling within ourselves. And right now we are, we are the only um, one witnessing it. And because of that, we should use that as a gauge, because that's what will help 
because no matter whether we live in illusion or not, what you feel and when you feel pain, it truly does. It's real. When you feel good, it's real. And that part is real. So to me, that's why we have to honor our feelings and use it as a gauge to decide what the next step should be. Let me ask, I'm going to switch gears on you a little bit. We probably beat that horse to death there, which is fine. I'm going to jump in the next horse. <laughs> um, since you're working in the space field, what is your view? Because we've had MUFON investigators and so forth here. What's your view of the UFOs or UAPs uh, and so forth? What do you think about that? I personally think that they have been all around us for longer than we have claimed. Some people have been waiting for them to come to Earth. And I believe that they have been on Earth from the very beginning. We actually, that's, they have been in this uh, hunger game with us for forever. And it's because of that, it's because of that type of um, a stealth, um, you know, illusion selling thing going on. We, and the very fact that it has been hush hush when you watch Men in Black. And the fact is that if you experience something that's really, like you move, holy shit, then they, uh, you know, erase your memory. All of those technology do exist as well. So that's the reason the whole thing looks like such a big mystery. Uh, but to me, it is kind of like, it, it is a fact that we have other beings with us. They're different from us. And we are, you know, I mean, that's just the way it is. How do you think we'd identify another being if they looked just like us? Actually, you're right. And I think that's a mindset there, right? Because we have been continuously told narrative again, that there's nobody other than us. Plus, it's very hard to find evidence because even if we have seen it, we have been all wiped off our memory probably. So we can't remember it. So, and again, going back to what you have been groomed, right? What you've been groomed to see and do kind of makes you feel like if you go in that direction, you're going to be part of all those con conspiracy theorists. So I think that that whole... Um, negative connotation that's been given to people who want to explore something that is hush-hush is the main reason we don't go out of our way. Because if you think about it, we are a frequent, we are, we are basically a frequency and vibration, right? We're energy being. So everything that we really see is what we already have in our database because we're comparing databases all about that to see. Mm -hmm. So this type of information has been so uh, kept secret that because of that, we kind of like stop ourselves before we can even experience it. Right. You know, sometimes I tell people, if you ever sat in a car wash, one where your car is stationary and everything moves, it's pretty much like earth. You're really only in one space and everything's kind of almost holographically moving by you. And it feels like motion, but it's not. That and, is true. Uh, you know, in a, in a trance state, I took a guy to, other spaces, let's say. And when we came back from this, because I'm a master hypnotherapist, so when we came back from this, uh, he was looking down, he goes, there's nothing below me. It's just black. And there's nothing above me. It's just black. I said, there you go. You, know, you haven't gone anywhere. Okay. And, uh, but he had went, you know, with his mind, he had went out and made a big venture into the universe. And the last thing he said he remembered seeing was Saturn. And then he said, where did you take me? And I said, to Never Never Land, like Peter Pan. 
and and he goes where's that whatever that is third 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 start of the right and on till morning that's where it's at so you know and and he says this is crazy man he goes i thought i knew something about this stuff i don't know anything about it because i'm gonna go home <laughs> and he had you know he had his own radio show and stuff and and he it was just a little beyond what he had ever experienced before and so i think being we are humans with five slash six senses um i think we have to explore those things for ourselves we could have all three of us spitting this stuff out right and left and it falls on deaf ears oftentimes because they don't see it or experience it themselves it simply is put in the back burner and they never think about it again until they get an opportunity to experience it then they come knocking at the door going explain this to me i'm a little lost this all happened i think i'm crazy and that's when we jump in with the education that we're looking for so as i made a statement about this earlier as people you know we were talking about training people and teaching people and so forth and maybe people coming to mystery schools or whatever as i said earlier today and tom will remember this you can take a horse to water but you can't make him drink because you're thirsty horse has got to be thirsty mm -hmm. which means the people that we're going to train have to be ready to accept that and they have to be at that level of understanding to even desire to know more because some people are perfectly happy in their own little bubble of life and do not want to get out of that for anything one of the very first books i recommend to people uh, when they're wanting to pop their bubble and i'm going all the way to the basics is and, and a lot of people have heard me say this before but I, I truly believe it's a great book to get started um and that's the journey of souls by dr michael newton and dr newton's now deceased so he's living his book <laughs> first-handed but he did three thousand past life regression something like that in the book wow. and, it, and it gives you a real sense of the journey of your soul once you understand your soul is making these journeys, then some of the things while we're here that you explained make a whole lot more sense. We're like, oh yeah, I am on this journey, but I've, I've done this hundreds of times. And what am I learning in this particular lifetime? And I am all entangled with everybody else. And we're all playing a role in each other's play and or TV show or movie or whatever you want to, but we're also the director the lead actor or actress, and we're also the producer. So if we want to change how our show comes out, how it ends, we can. And we have the a power and authority to do that. And I think once people kind of get a grip on it from real simple stuff, then the more complex things that we're talking about here today start to fall in line and go, oh, that's how it works behind the scene. Kind of like the Wizard of Oz, you know, he's got the curtain. They then they, the little dog starts to pull Toto starts to pull the curtain back and he says, oh, don't don't mind the man behind the curtain, you know, this kind of stuff. Well, that's what we're doing here. First, you got to have the dog where he gets there and then pull the curtain back. And then there we are talking about these elements and these sophisticated thoughts about what all had happened to that point with the illusion. And so I really feel like people got, need to get the basics. Is there, I know you're writing a book, so let's talk about your book or you already did a book. I'm sorry. Let's hold that up again and give us a, give us an overview of what that book is all about. There you okay. go. 
Yeah. So the book is called The Quantum Being, and they can find it on Amazon.com. Basically, The Quantum Being, I wrote this book, and the subtitle says, Self-Sustaining and Magnificent Human Craft, because I treat ourselves, as I said, we are a vehicle, right? That is that is housing the soul. And, and, and this book basically helps people see that how they are affecting their experiences in a very step-by-step way. So in, in the book, in the beginning, for the first four, uh, first four chapter, I actually kind of share my story of coming into this, uh, you know, this very extreme reality, different, right? Like I created this convergence for me by following all these different quantum steps. So I explained that, that I had a lot of resistance, but the only reason I made it this far is because I did not accept everybody else's agenda on mine. And and then for the rest of the chapter, I go into sharing everything I've learned in the mystery school. And I do it. I think that I do a very good job to make sure that anybody can read and understand. And you don't have to have a, you don't have to be rocket scientist to understand me because I actually do that with pictures and many other things. So I think that people would benefit from that book and you don't have to be, uh, you don't even have to know the word quantum and you'll understand it. That was my goal to explain it in a way that anyone can pick up the book and learn it. And the main reason I did this book is because I wanted to tell people that, you know, we give so much importance to a machine, like machine, like a rocket or any machine that does like, you know, fighter plane or or anything. And my whole thing was that we actually have more complex um, things that is at interplay in our machine. And if you can leverage that understanding, then you will no longer look at yourself as like, you know, the magnificent craft that you are, right? Because that to me, is the most important thing that no matter where you are in your current state, no matter whether you like yourself or not, whatever, it doesn't really matter. You do have a potential to be extremely magnificent. And that potential is what I am saying, that if you can believe in it, just like I believe in it, then you are going to be able to hone into it because it starts with you believing in yourself. And, And that's the key for anybody who has made it far enough that people can, you know, say, wow, that's amazing. It's because they believe in themselves. And that's, that's the key for all, all of it. Speaking of believing in stuff, throw you another loop. You're familiar with Skinwalker Ranch? Yeah, I'm familiar with it, even though I haven't watched it, but, but, but yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yes. So I, I ask people this, cause I, I've got my own theory out there. Everybody probably does. That's interested in metaphysics, but, uh, um, do you have a thought on what actually is going on there in, in at the ranch? So actually, you know, I'm not, I have not watched anything. I was actually told by someone because the guy who's uh, involved in it, he's also author and he's also, you know, I think he's the ex-NASA employee. So there were a lot of commonality and I even wrote it to him. I, he didn't respond to me. So I was suggested to watch it. I really haven't watched a single episode, so I can't speak for that. But if you can give me a little bit of a, what the observation is, maybe I can give you my opinion regardless. Yeah, I mean, my belief was, at least early on, that there was a uh, some kind of a, it was almost like a gas station, if you will, for um, UAPs and so forth. And there is a portal there that can be used. And I believe there's, 
something been left underground, whether it's a ancient spacecraft or some kind of technology on purpose uh, to allow a wormhole to exist uh, where you can actually move from dimension to dimension in and out of reality, what we consider reality. And I, I believe they're getting enough data, you know, to really start heading down that road um, with all the things that happen and the things that come through and then things that disappear. That's only going to happen with something like that. And, and, you know, and that goes to the future of space uh, journeys using, using, you know, what we would call wormholes or portals, the discoveries of that. And then also the, uh, and not to drift too far from that movement is the, the journey of the mind where they have in the past, uh, well aware of using people who do remote viewing to go to various planets within the solar system and beyond to give a sense of what is there. I think there was some that did, uh, I want to say Neptune uh, was the planet. And then when they landed at something there, they actually found that what they said was there soil wise and so forth was actually correct. They validated, it took many, many years. Uh, I can't remember how many decades, in fact, between the time they got the, and then were able to technologically go there. So um, I really feel like that is so fascinating in this world because we're coming to a point where we really need to understand more of physics beyond the standard physics. You know, and this is where the next layer, the next future is going to be as we, we a quantum leap, if you will, uh, into a new reality of science beyond what we're currently working with. 100%. And uh, if anybody who wants to completely geek themselves out, uh, there's a there's a kind of a documentary slash movie called Einstein's God Model. It's mm -hmm. amazing. It's on Prime Amazon. At least it was available last time I checked. I uh, basically scientifically shows like how to do interdimensional travel. And it's very close to, um, you know, Matrix movie and many other movie converges on it. And it's very well done. Uh, going back to what you were saying, um, it's very interesting. The whole thing about having like a Stargate type of scenario, right? Because to me, when you're able to go through any kind of portal to different dimension physically, right? Like in a way that it's like a Stargate opens up. That to me is available in many places on earth, right? So it depends on a location, partly because they've created that for you to, to be there. Like, you know, like, you know, I've heard of Stargate in, um, for example, you know, New Mexico, right? I've heard of Stargate in many other places. And if we, if we can even say that, like, when you go to places like Egypt, or if you go to a place like Peru, or you are in a, like, inside the pyramid, like, you truly feel that you are in like you are, like you feel it, right? Like, it's like, I can't explain it in words. I, when I was there, like I started feeling things that I could not, like, I'm like, holy shit, right? And to me, I could have easily be in that trance to the point where you no longer care for eating or anything else because you are connected with that incredible amount of data that's coming through you, partly because it's part of our DNA, right? So we kind of have that information within us. So even what they're showing. And now you're piquing my interest. So I'm going to have to watch Sky, uh, the Sky uh, Walker Skywalker Ranch. Skywalker Ranch, yeah. Yeah, because I love what you're saying, because that to me aligns with the whole time travel concept, because time itself is an illusion. So it's not really traveling through time. It's more like you're traveling through experiences in a way where you're basically traveling through timeline. You see, that would be the right way to say then time. Exactly. We think of it time as linear when it's 
actually circular, alpha and omega. Mm -hmm. You know, so and the bending of light around things for invisibility and all this kind of it all plays together. And I don't think for obvious military reasons, I really don't think a lot of that's come out as forthrightly as what we would hope. But I think there is a lot of that that could be put out in the public because um, people used to think, oh, if we know about these things then we're all going to go crazy and go nuts and it's going to ruin culture. But at this point, I, I really think we were, for the most of us, pretty advanced enough to get it and not be too freaked out about it. So I, I think that's valid, you know, in that respect. And then I'm going to throw another weird left curve at you a little bit um, in the uh, Gaia group, you know, Gaia TV and so forth, you get folks talking about the secret space program, uh, that everything that NASA is typically doing is just more or less a cover for the more fast, widely advanced spacecraft that have been here for eons of time, and that we have those, this other is just a cover for the public. Yeah, so first of all, whatever I say, it's my opinion, right? I work for NASA, but right. I don't, uh, I'm not a spokesperson for NASA exactly. by any means. Totally get that. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to me, like, you know, the whole cover-up thing that you mentioned, I think that is aligns with the illusion, right? So if you really think about how everything is like a setup, right? Like, it's almost like if you work in a mine and you collect a certain kind of metal, and then you're told that, that the metal is going to be used to send it to some poor people or whatever the thing is, it's bullshit, right? Because whatever the real reason is, you're not going to ever be told because you're only used for your work because it's like a need to know basis, right? I mean, that's just the terminology that is actually uh, not only that in our world, I think it, to, to some extent, everybody's selling a perception. So if NASA is selling a perception, you ask me uh, whether they are or not, I'm sure that they are, right? I don't really know what what is the reality because I'm also a pawn in the big game scheme of life because I work for them. But I have to say one thing that the very fact that we are actually really taking steps now to go to the moon and really go to the Mars and that is going to happen in the next 10 years, no matter what, whether NASA does it or SpaceX does it or China does it or India does it, it's just a matter of, it's just a matter of when we converge with that experience, right? Because I don't want to use the word time. So you, you, what I'm saying is that I think that that veil is breaking away and the more and more people are actually recognizing the fact that things are not what they seem. I think that that is the, that is the way we are going to do it together because we're going to need everyone's help to pull this curtain off and see things for what it really is. And as we're aligning with our true calling, and if truly I'm working with a corporation that is not truly aligned with my ultimate goal, then I'm going to be given an opportunity to show up as a light being somewhere where I can be better off my, you know, off my caliber, right? So to me, I think that to me is the dance, right? It's the electron dance. And I can tell you guys, I have been, working pretty hard actually to find other ways to, to kind of like, you know, um, spend my mental capacity and I haven't found anything yet, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. But everybody I meet at NASA, I have to say, there are people like you guys, they're just amazing people. They're brilliant. They're doctors. They're just cream of the crop of planet earth. And, and that's the main reason I stay there because it's all about 
whom are you showing up every day, right? Experiencing that dance. And that to me is what I say. The most important thing is people. Everything else is like that black holodeck image that you said your client experienced during the hypnosis. That's, yeah. that's true. Yeah, it is. Tommy? I'm going to take you down a different rabbit hole for a moment if you don't mind. <laughs> so I'm ex excited. Coming with engineering background. <laughs> Um, I know that typically those folks tend to be very critical, show me the proof, all that type of stuff. Of course, now you have this metaphysical side to you. And I believe in the beginning, you said you come from the Muslim tradition. So how do you connect all three of those things to make sense of it? Great question, by the way. Yes. And I think because I can connect all three, that's why I'm so sure about what I say, right? So being a Muslim uh, um, and that type of teaching and being raised in Pakistan, one thing that I learned because it's a very heavily populated, Karachi is one of the very populated city. You're always with hundreds of people, going a gathering, hundreds of people. It made me very much like I understand people, right? I'm intuitively uh, very connected with people. I love people. I just have that um, connection and I know how I can, uh, you know, relate to them. So that kind of aspect helped me with that. And then being, like you said, so being Muslim and then uh, what was the second and third? So trying to align the critical thinking of an engineer with the intuitive feeling, if you will, of someone that's more metaphysical. Yeah. So I think because, and then being analytical and logical is the reason I have chosen the path I did, but then being aware of my spirit in the, in the, you know, my soul being encompassed in this body, I actually understood that I was always kind of like switching back and forth. Like, you know, you are in the movie and then you're looking at the movie, right? You're in the movie, you're looking at the movie, that observation aspect of yourself. I think that because of me being aware of all of those aspects, I attracted a lot of different experiences. So I have experiences where people have confided in me that they experienced an alien. I can tell you that much. I have people, because, you know, I always carry that energy about me that I'm not going to judge because I am constantly like a child in the playground, wanting to learn and learn and learn. So when you exude that energy, people know that they can trust you, they can confide in you. So I actually uh, have collected enough data in my life with my personal experience and with other people confiding in me that I have no doubt about the fact that there has been, uh, you know, like you said, secret space program, or there's a secrecy about things. And and there's a reason for it, right? Because when it's all about power and control, then you don't want people to know everything because how are you going to control them? Right. Makes perfect sense. Unfortunately, we've seen that for decades, right? Exactly. So with all that said, what would you say for you stands out as the most profound experience to pull everything together in your life? Most profound experience to pull everything together in my life. I think that um, it's kind of interesting because most of my profound experience happened when um, when I was not, it was like, I mean, I'm, I guess the one that comes up in my head right now is that in 2019, I had this um, situation that nobody could figure out what was going on, but I, uh, my, my ear kept getting uh, like infected, but they couldn't figure out what the problem was. So they hospitalized me and then they quarantined me. And then they said that because you are a contagion, because you could be a contagion, I couldn't even access any human body or anything. And while I was in that space, uh, there were times I felt like this something that like, you know, like you feel like there's a fight going on between 
within yourself. Like you're, you know, you're being kind of questioned whether you should stay here or not. Like it was like kind of those dark energy feeling. And I, there were times I was very scared because first of all, I was being confined. Second of all, they had no clue what was going on with me. And then third of all, I'm experiencing something that was very, and I kind of did notice that even then, even at that kind of darkest point in my life, I actually knew I was scared. I even acknowledged the scare. And then I say, but I don't want to be scared. So I said, whatever you are, you need to leave me because I don't want you in, in, in my surrounding. Like I actually took power of my soul. And that to me, I think uh, from that point on, I feel like I have been on a, on a, like I have been extrapolated in my, in my experience because my book came right after that. And then when COVID happened to me, it was like a piece of cake because what I had gone through before a year before, <laughs> I was like, this is like nothing. Right. But, but I think that that profound experience made me realize, right. That we are truly um, beyond this physical vessel. And we also get to choose uh, whether some time to stay or not. Like it's almost like that, that is going on within us too, to some extent. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Terry. Well, as we're getting ready to wrap this thing up, um, I want to say, if you, well, let's put it this way. If you want to leave the viewers, listeners with something uh, from this that they should take home, what would that be? That would be the ritual that I actually do every day. And I'll just give them a brief description on that. And I actually uh, teach classes on that to explain that. But the whole thing is everybody's familiar with grounding. What I would recommend everybody that grounding is kind of a, you know, I mean, it's kind of a simple word. I would take it to say light body activation because we are light being. And the thing is that when you really acknowledge yourself, acknowledge the sun, acknowledge the earth that you're standing on or part of it, and then create a bubble around you like that toric field. What happens is that you connect with the reality for what truly it is, because it doesn't matter what type of illusion you have created for your life. When you are in that space, even if you do it for one minute, the thing is you basically acknowledge your spirit self. And when you acknowledge that, and if you do that every day as a practice, what happens is that you're not going to be so much consumed by the illusion or the distraction, right? You will be kind of like, and even if you are, every time when you do that, what I'm suggesting, you're going to be like, okay, let me be an observer. Let me activate my soul. Let me look at everything from a perspective of, I am here to experience. Let's make the good one. Fantastic. Tom, you got any wrap up? Yeah, I just want to thank you for joining us. Um, it's definitely been enlightening. I would have to say in an, the simplest way, you're a great representation of how to balance that, you know, hard end intellectual uh, skepticism with the intuitiveness and the whole metaphysical and put it all together and live it. So thank you for doing that. Well, thank you, Dom. I appreciate that. <laughs> Shanez, this, this, this hour has gone by quickly. <laughs> it really has. And, you know, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Yes. If people want to get a hold of me, my website actually is my first name, last name.com. So it's www.shanassoni, which is spelled right there, .com. 
And, um, and, and yeah, and my book is one way for them to get to know everything that I have learned up to this point. And, um, and I'm ready to party like you guys are. And I'm hoping all of us can converge in, in whatever uh, holodeck we want to show up at. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I really appreciate you being here. I think this, um, for the show, we haven't really dealt into, you know, quantum physics and, you know, the whole illusion system and all that in, in any great depth. So I hope this helped people and at least inspired them to go, you know, check out a couple of books in that realm, because that's the reality of what things really are. Um, not what we're looking at, but how it's actually built from the ground up. So I really appreciate you being here. And uh, for all of us here at the Metaphysical Mysteries, thanks for listening. And we'll be back with another wonderful guest. Have a great day, folks. Thank you, guys. Thank you.